I do think, you know, veterans, um, you know, they, they have more challenges than the, the average citizen. Um, some may suffer um, from post-traumatic stress and, you know, other, other you know, perhaps combat-related issues that, that make it harder to, um, you know, get work, um, to, you know, apply for benefits, to receive benefits. So I think in general, you know, veterans have a tougher go of it than, than the average citizen. Welcome to Cascade Views, a discussion with Central Oregon leaders. Your host is Michael Seip, local business and community leader, best-selling author of The Avada Principle, and candidate for Oregon State Representative for House District 53, which encompasses Southern Redmond, Sisters, Tumalo, and Northern Bend. The purpose of these discussions is to share the views and insights of local leaders from a variety of community sectors on a range of timely and important regional and state issues. With that, now here is your host, Michael Seip. Thanks for joining us on Cascade Views. This is Michael Seip, and I'm excited to welcome my friend Eric Tobiason to the show today. Eric began his career in the financial services industry with Morgan Stanley as a financial advisor and senior portfolio manager. In 2016, he made the decision to move his business to RBC Wealth Management. Eric's also the creator of a couple of nonprofits, uh, one of which is Bend Heroes Foundation, which focuses on helping veterans in Bend. Eric started the Bend Heroes Foundation nearly 13 years ago with his father, a Purple Heart veteran who served two tours of duty in Vietnam with the goal of supporting and giving back to local veterans. Over the last few years, Eric led the creation of a transitional community of 15 tiny homes for homeless veterans called the Central Oregon's Veterans Village, which will be the topic of our discussion today. I believe, like me, you're going to really enjoy hearing about the village. So with that, it's my pleasure to welcome Eric Tobias into the show. Hi, Eric. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You bet. Well, I'm looking forward to, to talking about the main topic today, but before we do, how about sharing just a little bit about yourself and what sparked your desire to create Bend Heroes Foundation and what's the foundation been going uh, going through and doing over the last 13 years or so prior to the uh, Veterans Village Project? Well, thanks for asking. Yeah, so uh, about 13 years ago, I moved to Bend and my dad and Bob Maxwell, a Medal of Honor recipient, were building the Bend Heroes Memorial down on the river at the Veterans Memorial Bridge there on, on Newport Street. And, you know, I'd come from a corporate background and, and dad and Bob were kind of doing this solo. Um, and I said, hey, dad, you know, we can, uh, you know, if we organize this and maybe get some some management and some volunteer coordination, you know, perhaps a nonprofit structure around us, I think we can kind of leverage, you know, your efforts. Because, as you know, he's extraordinarily active in the veterans community. Uh, and I thought, hey, you know, we could maybe magnify and amplify his efforts if we put together the nonprofit. Um, so after completing the memorial, you know, we we got our 501c3 status from the IRS. And um, yeah, lots of different programs over the years. The first one after we got our, our nonprofit status was the um, World War II historic highway on Highway 97, um, there's uh, 10 or so training sites for World War II uh, that happened out here in Eastern Oregon, Eastern and Central Oregon. And uh, we wanted to just bring some attention to that, educate the public. And, and um, you know, so we put that program together. Um, after that, because of the World War II connection, you know, we um, became a hub uh, of the international program called, 
it's a national program of honor flight, which takes World War II veterans back to Washington, D.C. So I think seven or eight years we did that, um, something like 13 or 14 trips, 550 veterans from all uh, east of the Cascades. Um, we took them back, um, showed them the World War II Memorial and some other sites in, in D.C., you know, thanking them for their service. It's the greatest generation. You know, it's, it's a great, great group of folks, really impressive, um, you know, to be with them and, and, and work with them. And so we did that for a long time. And then um, a bunch more um, highway designations in the state, um, POW MIA Highway, a Medal of Honor Highway, um, you, you name it. Um, just really to bring attention to to veterans and, and you know, let, let the public know that they're here with us and, and you know, to give them our gratitude. And that just took us uh, till about uh, three years ago. And then we were, we were kind of idle. And then ultimately, after about a year of, of kicking the tires and trying to figure out something to do, we came across the idea of the village. Yeah, I remember from our time in Rotary, all those years you headed back to the Honor Flight deal. What a cool, cool thing. And your dad really is incredible. And Bob Maxwell, what a gentleman. Um, just, just an incredible, absolutely model citizen, great man. He really, really was. Yeah. So, um, well, this is, is really inspiring. I did, um, a little research though, and 8.8% of the homeless in central Oregon, I understand were veterans in 2021. Um, what do you think the cause of that is? Well, the the general population of veterans in central Oregon is about seven, percent of our overpopulation of, of our population based on um, most recent census data. So, you know, that's pretty close to the, you know, the general population. You know, I do think, you know, veterans, um, you know, they, they have more challenges than the, the average citizen. Um, some may suffer um, from post-traumatic stress and, you know, other, other, you know, perhaps combat related issues that, that make it harder to, um, you know, get work, um, to, you know, apply for benefits, to receive benefits. So I think in general, you know, veterans have a tougher go of it than the the average citizen. Sure. Well, was that the impetus for the Central Oregon Veterans Village? Uh, Tell us a little bit about the village and the idea behind it. Well, yeah. And, you know, we, we, got the idea off the ground in, in early 19, you know, that's when we sort of coalesced our organization. Uh, we had also been looking at, you know, veteran suicide as, as a major issue. You know, it's, it's very, very tragic. Uh, but we decided we didn't really have, you know, the skill set to, to, uh, to go in that direction. But we had heard about um, other cities you know, building veterans villages, um, one in Kansas City and another one in Clackamas County. And, um, you know, they were having success. And and so we thought, hey, you know, here's here's a very, very important cause uh, for veterans, you know, homelessness. Uh, you know, these are the folks that need the most help in our society. Um, you know, how do we how do we get them into a program you know, that's going to give them accessibility to health care? Um, perhaps mental health treatments, um, maybe substance abuse, um, job training. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of services out there, um, not necessarily connected to the homeless, but but available. But we just thought this was a great um, collaboration possibility with um, 
with Kobo, a, a service provider that works with the homeless veterans, and you know Bend Heroes Foundation, which is you know experienced in working with um, the elected officials and um, the state level, and you know we thought, hey, what what a great opportunity to uh, to work together to uh, solve this important cause. Yeah, I've been out to the village. It's really incredible. Um, actually, uh, if if our listeners could see you, I think you're in one of the um, one of the housing units right now, right? One of the cabins. I am. Yeah, I thought if it was going to be video, I could do a quick tour of of one of our cabins. Um, but I'll give you a, a, a virtual tour. It's uh, twelve by twelve, uh, so 144 square feet with a bathroom, a sink, and or a toilet and a sink and a bed and a table for two. Um, it's heated, insulated, um, you know, got, um, you know, standard roofing, um, nice deck out, out front. Um, so it really is a, it is a nice, um, a nice unit for, you know, for housing our veterans. It's first class. And then there's a common area, right? That's right. Yeah. We have a community building. Um, so that's where the showers are, laundry, um, kitchen, you know, eating facility, um, community area to watch TV or play cards or just hang out, be, be social, you know, get together because we'd rather have the veterans, you know, working together, being together socially than, you know, just off in, in their housing unit um, alone. Um, but most importantly, we have offices there that are staffed full time by case management. And these provide these case managers provide the wraparound services that I just spoke about earlier with helping the veterans with resumes or gaining employment or getting healthcare benefits, maybe applying to the VA, um, you know, all, all sorts of, of great capabilities that connect our, our veterans with. What a great resource. Uh, tell us a little bit about the process of getting it established. How much money did it take and what were some of the steps it took to get the project actually built? Well, yeah, it was, uh, it was a little slow going at the beginning because, you know, generally our community and most communities don't really have the zoning laws to allow for something like this kind of development. Um, and so we, we set about working with the city and the county to understand, you know, what the what the lay of the land was in terms of requirements and feasibilities, um, you know, finding the right property. Um, but ultimately, you know, what what really connected all the dots for us was the passage of House Bill 4212, which Sherry Help uh, amended with um, the emergency shelter um, coding to allow us to do this development and kind of supersede, you know, the city of Bend's uh, development code and zoning rules. Uh, and so that was, that was huge. Um, a lot of, a lot of red tape would have would taken a lot longer if we had not had House Bill 4212, um, you know, fairly high costs, um, I think, you know, if you include all of the potential costs, it was about a million dollars. Um, a good chunk of that, a, a couple hundred thousand was system development charges, which the city and um, Parks and Rec District waived for us. So that was that was a mitigated cost, not a cash cost. Um, but yeah, the lumber was expensive. We, we acquired most of our lumber before the massive lumber increase. Um, the community building was pre-manufactured for us. Um, and we got that at about $80 a square foot, which is just incredible compared to, you know, what we'd have to pay today. So, you know, we really had some, some providential timing in all of this and some, you know, providential intervention to, to bring it all together. What a journey. 
Well, how's the village going to be managed going forward? You talked about case managers and COVO and how's that all fit together? Yeah, well, that's the most important part. Uh, you know, if you listen to the public feedback about homelessness in our town, there's a lot of, you know, misconceptions about, um, you know, homelessness and, you know, what the stereotypical homeless person is, um, you know, that's generally what the public sees is generally unmanaged conditions. Management is very important. Um, so having an on-site manager to, you know, make sure all the rules are being followed and systems are running properly, um, very important. So we have a full-time site manager on site. And then the case managers, of course, work with the veterans, you know, daily, weekly, monthly to, you know, build a plan that gets them transitioned to permanent housing. And so really it is, um, you know, about, you know, um, screening, you know, the veterans, bringing them in and making a long-term, a short and long-term plan so that, you know, they achieve the goal, which is transitional housing, you know, permanent housing outside of, of, of this, this community. And that, that makes room for, you know, the next veteran on the list. So yeah, it's, Management is very important, but, um, you know, the residents generally uh, manage themselves. They elect a um, village committee of five of their residents to act as, let's say, the first level of management if there's any disagreements or infractions, and, and they'll adjudicate that, so to speak. And then after that, if there's any issues, you know, veterans can be removed, residents can be removed if they don't follow the code of conduct and and toe the line and, and, you know, do their share of, of the responsibilities out here on the site, you know, and that, you know, the veterans will vote um, if they feel like someone needs to be removed. That of course goes to the next level, which is kind of the village council, which is a, a you know, COVO, Ben Heroes Foundation, a county representative, a behavioral health representative, you know, that really, really gets the kind of the final say of, yeah, if we're going to remove somebody, you know, let's, let's make sure we understand, you know, all the reasoning behind it. So, you know, there's some, you know, the basic code of conduct that we expect everybody to uphold. Uh, and I think that's um, that's not a problem because the residents really appreciate having the program and the services. And, you know, these are our, our veterans that sacrificed for us. And, you know, they're going to continue to serve their country, you know, by being good citizens here and then, you know, helping their fellow veterans in the future when, when they find permanent housing. Yeah, I met the site manager there a few months ago. Uh, what a sharp guy. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, I think that, that um, a lot of kudos to him for for um, keeping this all on the rails. And I think you've already had some pretty early successes, right? Can you share one or two stories on uh, anonymously, of course, but you got a story or two? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we opened on Veterans Day, November 11th, uh, 2021. So just about six months ago. You know, the typical stay is about a year based on other uh, villages' experience. You know, maximum stay is about two years. Usually, the quickest you'll you'll see a transition out of the program was about six months. But we had a, a pretty quick transition, about three months in the program. We were able to hook the veteran up with, with services and permanent housing. And, you know, now they've moved on to, uh, to permanent housing and you know, it's a, I met everybody out here and, and uh, this individual was really fun to work with. Um, he always volunteered to help me out because we were, after we finished the first five units, we were still working on the next 10. And he was always uh, offered to lend a helping hand on, on the projects, whether it was siding or 
um, interior finishes or, um, you know, the grading, anything he was willing to help. Very cool. What comes next for Central Oregon's Veterans Village and for the Bend Heroes Foundation? What's next on the agenda? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, this was, uh, uh, this is a, it was a real massive project for us. Um, you know, it took a lot, a lot of energy and, and, um, so, you know, I, I, I took a bit of a, we took a bit of a, of a sigh, uh, of, of relief when we finished our 15th cabin so we can, you know, get this fully occupied. Um, and that was just about a month or so ago. So until that point, we really were just trying to focus on getting this thing done. And, and that really includes, you know, looking at the feasibility of expanding the project here on site. You know, our original vision was 325 units and we're at 15. So there's another potential 10 that we could be doing. So we'll be going back out to the community, doing some fundraising, you know, working with the county commissioners and the, and the city council and city staff to, you know, make sure all the all the ducks are in a row to, to expand this program. And then, you know, we're continuously, you know, consulting on similar projects. You know, we, we you know, podcasts like this, really important to get the word out because I really feel like every community should and can do something like this. Um, and so we're trying to help other communities around the state and around really the country, um, you know, with what our experience has been, you know, how do you do it and what kind of, what are the important steps and who do you need on board to, to get, to get it accomplished. So and I think we're, the, the short answer is we're looking to do more of these types of programs because the homeless population of veterans is, is rather large and it's distributed all across the country and our communities out there, they really want to do this kind of project. The community community of central Oregon and Bend was phenomenal in, in putting this together. You know, everybody said yes, sometimes with COVID and labor shortages and, and material problems, it was yes, but you know, maybe in a month or, you know, down the road, but, but, Everybody wanted to help wherever they could. And, and you know, that's, a, that's, you know, Bend is a great community. Central Oregon is a great community. They really respect and appreciate their veterans. And I think that's, the, that's probably true for all communities uh, who appreciate their veterans. And so, you know, the idea is to try to get more of this done. Super. Well, that's a great segue into the question, you know, how do people get involved? Those that are listening today, how can they get involved? How can they learn more? Um, what kind of help do you need? Yeah, I think, you know, for now, you know, we're, we're uh, winding down the volunteer side of things. Um, thankfully, there's not much more to do on the construction side. Um, if folks want to donate, um, they can go to the website. You know, that donation will help us with expansion. Um, Central Oregon Veterans Village.org. That's all one word. Um, it's got some pictures and stories and background about the, the village. They can go to our Facebook page and learn more there. It's Bend Heroes Foundation on Facebook. Um, Central Oregon Veterans Outreach, our partner, would be glad to accept donations. Also, they do that for a living. They've got their um, office down on 3rd Street across from Fred Meyer. Um, you know, we're, we're going into the summer now, but, um, you know, winter's not that far away in, in, in Central Oregon, right? <laughs> so it's never far away. Yeah. I mean, it might snow next week for that matter. But, you know, there's they always are accepting donations of, of clothes, food, um, supplies. I had a person call me about donating a, um, uh, a um, assistance device for getting around like a motorized scooter. 
and walkers, you know, and, and Kobo is out in the homeless camps on a daily basis. So they're talking to veterans who are in need every single day. Um, the village is just one of Kobo's capabilities um, here in town, but they're out in the camps every day and our veterans need your help. And so I think the best way to help out is to, is to go down to, to Kobo on third street. And, you know, if you, if you feel the, 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 move to donate they would really appreciate donations of, of money or you know clothes sleeping bags boots shoes you know warm weather stuff even in the summer it gets cold at night especially if you're living in the woods and so you know tents all that kind of stuff is is always in need and, and that would be a great way for the public to uh, to give back yeah and i think our rotary club did propane and some other things like that jackets and things like that so Yes, sir. Just a, uh, just a great uh, organization. Well, what's the most re- rewarding part of uh, of working with veterans for you and with establishing the village? You've been doing it now for a long time, had some fantastic and heartwarming successes um, with uh, the flights back to Washington and the veterans and now this village. What's been the most rewarding part of it for you? Yeah, I mean, all of it has been rewarding in a different ways. You know, when you can thank a World War II veteran for saving the free world and defeating tyranny, you know, whether it's Nazis or other forms of, of aggression all across the world back then, you know, that is an incredible experience. You know, it's hard to even speak about it without, you know, tearing up. And then, you know, this experience here, it's, it's a completely different experience. Um, we're not thanking them for their service we're not just thanking these veterans for their service. We're, we're showing our gratitude by providing them shelter and food and a changed direction in their life. And so when you talk to these veterans, you know, it's, it's beyond words that you think you could have a small role in, you know, changing the direction of their life for the rest of their life, you know, helping them find permanent housing, helping them find employment, you know, bringing them out of the woods. It's just, it's just an un- unbelievable experience that you really can't put to words. But, you know, if you think about it and you're a citizen out there listening, it's like, how would you feel if you knew you, you were able to help somebody come out of the woods in a dignified, you know, housing situation with food and shelter and clothing and help, you know, help to get back on their feet, whether it's, you know, health assistance or job assistance. You know, it's a fellow human being that has sacrificed for us. You know, it's just, uh, it's beyond words, but it's, uh, it's been really, really, really powerful. Well, it's a tremendous service. I met a couple of the guys when I was out there on the tour and I think the word you've used it several times through our discussion here, but it, it is a word that resounds and that's dignity. And I think that's such a super um, concept for us to, to have about the the village because it really is being run in a dignified way and an honorable way and a, a humane way. One of my takeaways from our talk here, I didn't realize about the uh, the code of conduct and the uh, and the community governance that you've put in place. That's a very very cool aspect, uh, as well as having the wraparound services right there and the site manager who's a, an awesome guy you've just done a terrific job with this i really appreciate your time i appreciate your message and 
Thanks for your contribution to our, our region. Well, Mike, it's been a real pleasure and privilege to be on. Thank you for asking me and, and helping us get the word out, you know, that, that our veterans get the help they need. So, um, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just the messenger and, and, uh, it's, uh, it's a small part I can play to, to help these, these great citizens and these heroes. And, you know, thanks for getting us involved. You bet. Well, you're a humble guy, but you're a hero in my eyes as well. Um, my guest today has been Eric Tobiasen, Senior Vice President for RBC Wealth Management and a founder of Ben Heroes Foundation. You can learn more about the Central Oregon Veterans Village at centraloregonveteransvillage.org. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for listening to Cascade Views with Michael Seip. To find out more about Mike, the upcoming election, the key issues he's focused on, and his campaign to represent Central Oregon and Salem as a state representative, visit www.avoiceforcentraloregon.com. That's www.avoiceforcentraloregon.com. You can get your own copy of Michael Sipes' best-selling book, The Avada Principle, at Amazon.com. And finally, please vote in the upcoming election. Your voice matters.